welcome to the Ignite the Lehigh Valley podcast. I am your host, Emmanuel Van Vliet. Ignite the Lehigh Valley is meant to be a resource for local Lehigh voters. We aim to call attention to local political issues and inform the audience on topics of interest. We also want to provide a forum for national, state, and local democratic candidates. The Ignite the Lehigh Valley podcast is brought to you by the East Penn Democratic Club, which is a political action organization serving Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley. The East Penn Democratic Club's mission is as follows. We are a group of Lehigh County residents that come together to recruit, support, and elect common sense democratic and progressive local county, state, federal candidates, and office holders that impact Lehigh County. I would like to invite you, our audience to get engaged with the Ignite Lehigh Valley. If you have a topic of interest to you, or if you'd like to find out how you can become a sponsor, drop us a note at the East Penn Democratic Club email at info at eastpendemocraticclub.org, or find us and like us on Facebook at East Penn Democratic Club. All proceeds will support the East Penn Democratic Club. Today, we would like to name our podcast through the eyes of the candidates. As we are fully into the swing of the primary season, we would like to give Democratic primary voters a chance to hear our candidates and their positions and give them a chance to reach our audience. Right now, I'd like to introduce Tom Alpebach. Tom, what are you running for? Uh, uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate the invite and, and the chance to speak with your listeners. Uh, I'm running for, I'm the Democratic candidate for the uh, 134th district, which covers uh, Lower Macungie Township primarily, and then out in the Berks County, uh, Richmond, Rockland Township, Topton Borough, uh, Macungie Borough, and Albertus Borough as well. Right. It's for some of us who are not so well versed in local government. What does uh, your candidacy cover in you know specific issues, and what what do you do? Uh, I'm focusing on uh, what I believe that uh, the people in my district, and it varies considerably conservative to liberal and everything in between, but uh, property taxes is number one. Uh, we've got to get the property tax issue under control. Um, the uh, school taxes, of course, is, are the big uh, uh, player in the, in the property taxes. Uh, we've got to come up with a better formulation. Uh, it penalizes people uh, who are on fixed incomes as their taxes go up. Um, it hurts new homeowners, especially you know the younger people as they are you know getting into their job life, shall we say, their careers. And uh, the you know the cost of a home when you factor in the property taxes um, is a huge burden. It's very regressive. So we've got to come up with a better mix. Uh, you know, there's legislation out there in Harrisburg. Um, and I've looked at it. If you want to fall asleep, read it because it's quite thick, uh, the legislation. It runs the gamut. And I think there's some very good points in it, but it needs some tweaking. And maybe we can move that forward and really help the, uh, the residents of the Commonwealth with their property taxes. Uh, also focusing on our seniors. Pennsylvania is aging, and we've got to make sure that our seniors, and this also dovetails in with the property tax issue, but they've got to age with comfort and dignity. Um, it's just the right thing to do. And also into the property taxes mix, again, is good fair wage jobs, bringing them into the area uh, that people can actually, you know, live and thrive, put money away for retirement, pay their mortgages, uh, put their, you know, kids into college. So we've got to work on that in this area. 
And uh, as a, a retired military member, uh, I focus, you know, veterans is, is very high on my list. I'm not sure if that's a um, something that my, my uh, constituents are focused on, but I know that veterans are very important to all of us. So when you talk about uh, taxes, I mean, obviously that feeds into a budget. So what is the relationship in, in this area between, you know, the budgets and the taxes? Well, in Pennsylvania, it's, it's a, we got to get a mix. Um, you know, right now, <clears throat> we don't have a severance tax on, on our natural gas and that's being extracted from the state. So we've got to take a look at that. Um, I mean, that's definitely one way to bring additional dollars in. There's been expansion of gambling. I'm not sure that's a good thing. I, you know, I understand that, you know, it brings in money. Um, and, of course, you know, the, uh, the lottery, you know, has helped our senior citizens for many, many years. But there's got to be a mix of less direct taxation or regressive taxation and more progressive taxation. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, potentially raising the sales tax because then it's a, it's a purchase, you know, it's a tax as you go. Um, but, of course, that is, is uh, subject to, uh, you know, rec- uh, recessions. You know, people purchase less, so that's harmful. The property tax, the way it's set up now, you know, the school districts can rely on those dollars. So it's, it's a tough mix. It's not an easy answer, uh, but there's got to be a better, a better way to mix it a little more. Right. So what would make you particularly effective in this position? You know, give us a little bit more about your background sure. and, um, you know, and, and what would uh, help you get more progress well, uh, my background, uh, very briefly, is uh, I spent 21 years in the military. I spent 12 years in the United States Air Force active duty, um, and then I left active duty service. But then I went into the reserves um, and spent an additional nine years in the reserves. And currently, I'm the Lehigh County Director of Veterans Affairs. Um, I'd like to think that I've been very successful in that position. Um, I, I formed several years ago the Lehigh Valley Homeless Veteran Task Force. Um, we actually received federal declaration in 2017, almost a year ago, um, that we had effectively ended veteran homelessness in the Lehigh Valley. And while I chair that organization, I kind of like to joke that I corral the cats. Um, it's, it's more of, of bringing those, everybody together in, in a common mission with a common purpose. Um, I think I've been very successful at that and, and other endeavors uh, in my current position that I think I can take to Harrisburg and try to get people to work together. We don't all have to agree, but if we have a, a mission, we know where we want to go, um, you know, I think we can, we can serve our residents much better. And it's not just the residents of this district, but you know, all the citizens of our Commonwealth. Um, Paul Wellstone said, uh, politics is about improving people's lives. And to me, it doesn't get any simpler than that. Um, you know, I hate to harken back again to the property tax issue, but what can we do to make sure that people's lives continue to be improved? You know, education, public school, our state-funded uh, and state-related universities, all of those things are, it's all holistic and it's in the mix. So there, I don't think there's an answer we can just point to. Uh, you know, it's not the silver bullet, it's more like the silver shotgun. Uh, there's a lot of answers in the mix that uh, I think I can uh, help to move that ball forward. So as you brought the issue of taxes first, it's a, is that the biggest issue for your voters? 
I would say for for many voters it, it is, but again, it's a, it's a mix. So what else? What else? You it's, know, do you it's, think it's good, fair wage jobs to the area? We've got to raise the minimum wage. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think the recent study that I saw is a person who earns the minimum wage in the Lehigh Valley, and we are one of the highest wage to rental uh, regions in the United States. Uh, somebody who's earning minimum wage has to work somewhere on the order of 106 hours a week to live at a level to pay their rent, you know, pay their bills, put food on the table, which is just boggles your mind. We've got to raise the minimum wage. We've got to make sure that the jobs coming into the Lehigh Valley and not just the district, but the Lehigh Valley, because we're all one organization. I don't know what other word to use, um, that those jobs that are coming in. Uh, can sustain a family. You know, we've got to make sure the unions stay strong, good paying jobs in the unions, apprenticeships for those who don't go to college or secondary education, um, you know, learning a trade and being skilled as a tradesman. Uh, those are good paying jobs, but they have to be brought into the Lehigh Valley and encouraged and nurtured. So we had a uh, previous participant in this series tell us that there are occupational vocational schools that are wanting for students and right next door are employers who are wanting for employees that are skilled and somehow there isn't that connection made you know do you have any ideas of how that would happen um that's kind of well i will give an opinion i guess um part of it i think is is for for many years we've encouraged we've looked at our children and encouraged them you have to go to college uh, and haven't encouraged them into those trades. Uh, you know, I'm not blaming the high schools, but you know, there's, it all comes from taking, um, letting, letting people know there's other paths that are out there. Uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Education, uh, believe it or not, has huge and varied apprenticeship programs that can help pay for apprenticeships and help pay for that training. Um, the, uh, you know, there's unions that have you know, free apprenticeships, you can actually, you know, be paid on the job as you learn. Uh, so th th it's out there. Uh, I think it's more a marketing issue uh, and people understanding um, that a college education or secondary education isn't always the right path. Um, and, and you'll find it's some people of, let's just say, my vintage who are second careering it, and they're now going into those trades or finding their own path um, that helps, you know, that they can earn a wage and they're happy. And that's vitally important. So um, what about infrastructure? Do you have any thoughts on how, you know, you're going to get the funding for it and how to make it happen? And well, I, I think it's it's somewhat a funding issue, but of course, Pennsylvania, you know, we've got infrastructure issues, uh, deficient bridges more than anything. Um, highways, of course, you know, we go out to the Route 178 area with the warehouses and so forth, and the truck, you know, the truck traffic there in the morning is just incredible. Um, I know that PennDOT is considering another off-ramp on-ramp on Route 78 just to handle the traffic that, that's out in this area with the trucks. The, the funding, of course, is another issue. There's, I know Lehigh County uh, is kicking around a proposal of a $5 uh, surcharge, if you will, on your automobile registration. With that $5 going 
uh, to, to help local governments, local municipalities with their infrastructure issues. Um, and of course, development, uh, you know, there, are, there is, uh, um, developers have to pay a certain you know, dollar fee or a percentage um, to help offset their, their uh, road impacts. Um, how we pay for it across the state, I think it's, it's a mix of trying to figure out where the dollars can be found uh, or generated. Um, I'll be honest, I don't have the, you know, I can't sit here and say this is the answer, uh, but we know it's an issue and it needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Right. Do you hear a lot of your constituents talk about sensible gun law, among other topics? Um, well, I'm not going to say my constituents haven't been elected yet. Well, <laughs> but, <laughs> we can hope. And, and the word is haven't been elected yet. Um, but a lot of the people I spoke to, you know, are, are very concerned uh, about the guns and, and gun laws. Um, sensible, uh, that's a bit of a, uh, I hate to say that's a trigger word, because what is sensible? So what, how would, what but, would you say? But I'll put it this way, as someone who spent 21 years in the military uh, and spent a year in Iraq, you know, I carried an M16 with me. And that was a tool, and it was a reason that I carried that. But when I left the military, I turned that weapon in. And because I, and, and, I don't need it any longer. And I don't understand or I can't begin to fathom why someone needs to own weapons like an AR-15 uh, or other semi-automatic weapons. Don't even get me started about bump stocks because that, I don't know, you know, bump stock has one purpose and one purpose only. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. But when we talk about, say, gun laws, look at it from another direction. I was a senior in high school. And... I can't wait till she graduates, not because it's a milestone in her life, but she'll be out of a high school where these things happen. And I think that all of our children should be able to go to school safely. Uh, our parents, the parents don't should have their children in school and not have to worry about something happening in, in the school with a weapon. Uh, people should be able to go to a concert without fear. People should be able to go to the movies without fear. So when we talk about sensible gun laws, I, you know, we can't just snap our fingers and guns will disappear. And I, I, the, the Second Amendment is there, and I don't have a problem with the Second Amendment. I have a problem with it has been, in part of my language, but it's been bastardized, in my opinion, to, to allow uh, people to own these weapons that really have only one purpose, and they don't serve uh, our residents. They don't serve a common good um, when people can have weapons like that. So... I don't know if that's sensible or not, but, but we need to dial it back a little bit. I guess when I hear you talk about, you know, trigger words and trigger issues, you know, it, it really brings a conversation back to an us and them sort of discussion. And, and really, when you think about safety, it should be everybody's uh, concern. So how do you change that conversation about the Second Amendment so that, that people don't feel threatened, that it's going to be taken away? Because, you know, those words are out there. And, and how do you get people to really talk about something that everybody can live with? Well, in, in my opinion, I, I think every time we say Second Amendment, that just gets people, you know, that gets their dander up. And to me, I don't want to talk about the Second Amendment. I want to talk about safety. You know, I want to talk about the, the right of uh, going to a concert or being in school or however you want to look at Define association, but you should be able to do that without fear that something bad could potentially happen. So, to me, 
it's not a Second Amendment issue per se. It's a safety issue. It's the right of all citizens uh, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and I don't want to live in a world where I have to fear every morning when my, when my daughter leaves for high school, will she come home okay? Will I get that phone call? Um, you know, bad things happen, but we can do things to help bad things from happening um, that we have control, some control over. That's what makes sense to me. Right. So, you know, think about government. Think, oh, it's very ineffective and, and nothing happens. And then here, you know, we are talking about government and making it better. You know, how can we all make government more effective? I think we make government more effective by participating. Um, we've got to stop. Uh, I serve I serve my country in the military. Now I serve my veterans in my capacity uh, as working in Lehigh County. And I want to serve uh, the citizens of the Commonwealth uh, in, in the House of Representatives. And it's, it's participatory. Uh, it, when politicians uh, think they know better or don't want to listen or understand, um, I think that there's a disconnect. And it's about serving our fellow citizens. Again, all politics uh, is about improving people's lives. We need to stay focused on that. Uh, we can we can only improve people's lives if we are all participating. Um, you know, from from simply the act of voting to staying engaged in what's important to you out there. I, I there's no way that I or any other politician can be an expert in everything. Um, and, and of course, we have other things we'd like to focus on, but our residents also have things that are extremely important to them. And we need to be listening to them and understanding them. Doesn't mean we'll always do what they want us to do or even agree with them, but it has to be a participatory process. I mean, that's the way it started and, and that's the way we have disconnected that. And I think the more citizens stay engaged, they listen, they talk, um, I think we can move, uh, we can progress forward simply by participating more. So how would you influence people in Harrisburg? So, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, there's enough people interested in, in you and what you can do for them, but how can you get people in Harrisburg to listen to you? That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, in, in, the, in the legislature, uh, I, I would be one of 203 voices. Um, so it's, it's not simply I can go there and tell people this is what's going to happen. Um, I want to join the conversation, and I think we can change or, or uh, we, we can enhance that conversation. Um, I think I've been very good at doing that in my position now, um, and that's what I want to do in Harrisburg, is, is to try to not necessarily change the conversation, but move it forward, evolve it, um, so that, again, the representatives are there to serve the people. We're not there to um, simply do what we want to do. And, and I see that happening a little more often than it should. Uh, and on the other hand, I know, uh, you know representatives and state senators who are absolutely fully indebted to, to what they do for uh, their citizens, their constituents, and the residents of Pennsylvania. So I don't want to throw everybody under the bus by any stretch. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you like... The listeners of this podcast to remember about you. Well, um, 
Three things. Three things. The three, three most things. important things, three things about you and what you'd like to do. Well, I, I like to call myself a progressive, a pragmatic progressive. Um, I want to move the ball forward, but I know that, again, I'm, I'm a voice of 203. I do not have uh, the ability to do it alone. Uh, and so I'm pragmatic about how we can move things forward. Um, you know, a few other things, uh, you know, our public schools, we've got to take a look at the way we fund our public schools, not just the property taxes, but the equity uh, across the board. Um, as someone uh, much smarter than I once said is, is your zip code shouldn't determine your level of education. And they're absolutely right. So we've got to figure out how do we make those public schools more equitable. Uh, our state-owned schools, um, my daughter's going to start Kutztown in the fall. And our state-owned schools, are, are they're, they're losing students. There's issues with that. Um, the RAND Corporation just released a, uh, a study last week about how to fix those or some suggestions. There's some good ideas in there. There's some ideas I'm not too thrilled with. Uh, but our state-owned schools uh, are one of the best values out there. How do we maintain them? How do we keep uh, them strong um, uh, and, and, and um, that they serve our students well, whether uh, you know they're 18 years old or myself, I just finished a master's degree last year at Kutztown University. So even as old folks can occasionally, you know, we can take advantage of those schools and, and continue to, to learn. So I think our school system is extremely important. But again, uh, everything is holistic. If our schools are strong, if, if our apprenticeship programs are strong, uh, for those who don't want to go to school, our property tax system works better for everyone. We all, uh, we all gain from that. There's no way we can lose if everything, if we think of everything holistically and move forward. Well, thanks for spending some time with us today. Is there any contact information you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, again, Tom Applebach, and you can visit my website, uh, www.applebachpa134.com. Uh, like me on my Facebook page. Uh, and uh, if you have questions, you want to contact me, please uh, you know, use my, uh, my website. My email address is campaign at applebachpa134.com. Send me emails. Um, I can only do better by learning from the residents. Again, I can never be an expert on everything, but the more they engage with me, the more I can understand their, their issues and their feelings. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for sharing your time with us at the Ignite the Lehigh Valley podcast.